Support for Yale Cancer Answers is provided by AstraZeneca, working to pioneer targeted lung cancer treatments and advance knowledge of diagnostic testing. More information at AstraZeneca-US.com. Welcome to Yale Cancer Answers with Drs. Anise Chagpar, Susan Higgins, and Stephen Gore. I'm Bruce Barber. Yale Cancer Answers is our way of providing you with the most up-to-date information on cancer care by welcoming oncologists and specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer. This week, Dr. Chagpar welcomes Dr. Olympia Drescher for a conversation about acupuncture for cancer patients. Dr. Drescher is a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist, and Dr. Chagpar is an associate professor in the Department of Surgery at Yale School of Medicine and the assistant director for global oncology at Yale Comprehensive Cancer Center. So, Olympia, maybe we can start by telling us a little bit more about acupuncture. It seems to be a holistic uh, kind of therapy that a lot of people have interest in, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what exactly it is and the potential benefit for cancer patients. So, acupuncture is a uh, over 2,000 years old type of Chinese therapy that has been brought here to America probably within the past century um, and very can be very beneficial for cancer patients. Also, uh, it involves in inserting thin uh, needles, disposable needles, of course, into the skin to stimulate energy and movement in the body. And so... How is this really used? I mean, does it get rid of cancer? Does it help with symptoms? Uh, tell us more about how acupuncture fits into the cancer management for a patient. So de definitely, I think that, you know, with any kind of cancer diagnosis, you have to be followed by your oncologist, which I think is very important. But um, acupuncture as a modality can be very beneficial in those side effects such as nausea and vomiting from chemotherapy, you know, sleep issues, constipation, um, anxiety, you know, related to the cancer uh, diagnosis. So it can help you relax. Um, and when you're more relaxed, your body can actually heal and, you know, function better. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about acupuncture, um, are there, it, people present with a, so many symptoms, right? Whether it's constipation or whether it's diarrhea, whether it's, you know, anxiety or whether it's an inability to sleep or whether it is uh, nausea. Mm -hmm. um, so how do acupuncturists know where to insert these needles? I mean, it almost seems a little bit like voodoo for people who uh, have not really studied it. Right. So um, acupuncturists usually study for a period of three years. It's a master's degree program. Some schools offer also doctorate degree programs. And so we study the different points we um, look at your tongue, which is kind of a foreign thing for conventional practitioners, and we check your pulse, and so we, we can find out a lot about how your body is working through those also, you know, through the tongue and pulse. So tell us more about that. How can you tell how my body is working by looking at my tongue? So um, on the tongue, you have a different representation of your organs, the organs that are in Chinese medicine responsible for certain channels. 
And so, for example, if your tongue is uh, wide and puffy and you have tooth marks, then that means that more, more, more likely, you know, you're anxious, you have more anxiety, you worry about a lot of things. So all of those kind of signs can point us in the direction of which points we, we need to do and which points are going to be most beneficial for you. And then there are points on your body where you insert these needles depending on the symptoms that people have? Yes. So so there are many acupuncture points, and uh, there are 12 main meridians that course along your body. And so you have these channels, kind of like highways, so to speak. And they, you know, trans not transmit, but allow energy to flow through them. And so the more unstuck, the more flowing everything is, the better your body functions. Hmm. How much science is there really behind acupuncture? Because if you put on your skeptic hat, uh, everything you just said sounds, well, kind of quirky. Well, yes, I I definitely, you know, I was a non-believer myself, you know, years back. Um, I got into a car accident myself and, you know, I tried the medication route that didn't work for me. And so acupuncture was what helped me. And so it led me to further study what it means to do acupuncture and to actually choose the right points. And um, I would say, you know, if if you've never tried it, you know, there's there are a lot of, um, you know, opportunities out there to try it. And I you know, more and more studies are coming about about the scientific proof. And also, you know, even a most recent study in February um, was that it's, it's even, you know, requ- required or kind of suggested that you try acupuncture actually as a first line of treatment. Hmm. Not to treat the cancer per se, but to treat the symptoms, to whether it's the symptoms. pain or or anything else. And certainly, right. you know, when we think about uh, pain, especially that's cancer-associated pain, and we think about the opioid epidemic that we face in this exactly. country, uh, certainly other modalities like acupuncture may be beneficial. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know more about your experience because you've had experience both both as a patient as well as as a practitioner of acupuncture. So tell us more about what that first experience was like when you first went in as a non-believer, as a patient who had pain after a car accident. Um, what was that like? It, it was very weird. I have, um, you know, studied medicine and I have a conventional background. I finished medical school in Poland. And so when I was actually studying for my boards, I got into this car accident and I wasn't able to, um, you know, move my neck correctly and my shoulders were all tight and locked up. And so when I initially started, I also... Um, started a naturopathic school because I knew that there needed to be some other modality that could help me better than just pain medicine. And so um, I started doing acupuncture probably the second day that I started school at naturopathic school. And, um, you know, my my acupuncturist then is still my acupuncturist now. And, um, you know, it's it's 
the that first visit um i didn't know what to expect but like i said you go in you talk about what's going on you identify they look at your tongue they look at your they feel your pulse and then they decide on the treatment and i would say probably after the first treatment i had about 30% relief of pain so i was very happy and so did the needles hurt so, yes, the initial insertion can be slightly painful. It's kind of like a pinch, kind of like a mosquito bite. And depending on the area, some areas are going to be more sore and tender than others. Yeah. So how does that work exactly? So you induce pain to relieve pain. <laughs> yes. So the, the, the scientific explanation is when you insert the needle, um, there is a release of endorphins and the nociceptors, so the pain receptors in that area, actually be kind, become kind of numb. And so it's, um, it's inducing pain, but as the needle goes in and as the stimulation is, it, as you stimulate the needle and the appropriate stimulation is there, you let the patient relax for about 20 minutes, 20 to 35 minutes. And during that time, usually there is no pain. People usually actually fall asleep during that time. While you have needles in? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then you take the needle out? Yes. And is that how long a treatment lasts, usually about half an hour? So usually, you know, the intake can vary 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how many issues are going on. And then when the person... so. Placing the needles is about 10, 15, uh, 5, 10 minutes. And then um, the, pa the needles remain for about 20 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so how, how long do these treatments go on for? I mean, you know, if you have a tumor and you go for surgery, the surgery is one day and that's, that's it. It's a one-time kind of thing usually. With acupuncture, you mentioned that your acupuncturist way back when you initially started uh, naturopathic school is still your acupuncturist today. So is acupuncture something that is a lifelong thing or is it an episodic thing? I have nausea now. Uh, I am going to get my prescribed regimen of however many acupuncture sessions, and then that's it. So um, I like acupuncture as a modality for me. You know, I have a busy practice, and, you know, some things in life are stressful, basically. And I feel that it can help with a lot of that it can allow you to relax, mm -hmm. and I so and I think that that's why I've continued. But there are patients that I you know treat maybe four five times, and I never see them until the next issue comes up. So it's not something that you have to continue with, but as long as you know you're feeling well enough to, um, you know, if your nausea is gone. I don't, I don't want you to come back to see me because I've done my job, so that's good. Right. And so I guess the other question that some patients uh, who have cancer may, may ask are, what about the risk of infection? I mean, patients going through chemotherapy are at an increased risk of infection. Uh, some patients have gone through lymph node surgery and may have lymphedema, and they may be wondering about whether acupuncture is safe in those situations. So, like I mentioned before, they're very thin, disposable needles. They're stainless steel, and 
once they're used on that one person, they're never used on anybody else, obviously. But, you know, when we do, when we decide to the placement of the needles, we're also very aware, is there any, you know, swelling or, you know, bruising or rashes on the skin next to the needle? And so we wouldn't place it there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so how do patients, I mean, many patients who have cancer oftentimes will go through their cancer diagnosis, they'll find themselves a cancer center, an oncologist, uh, a surgeon, a medical oncologist, a radiation oncologist. How do patients find their way, particularly if they have symptoms and are interested in alternative therapies or complementary therapies or naturopathic therapies or acupuncture, how do they find their way to such a provider? Are those providers often found in cancer centers? Um, how, how does one go about finding these people? So a lot, a lot of times, you know, acupuncturists can be found in certain hospital settings and, you know, attached to maybe an oncologist. But I would definitely, um, anybody who's interested, I would recommend that they, you know, do their research about their provider, make sure that they're licensed. Um, there is a you know, a state accreditation that you can look at, which is NCCAOM, and you can, you know, find an acupuncturist who's done the training and has, you know, knowledge and experience with that specific stuff. Right. I mean, I think that's really important because it's it's easy for us. I think most people are aware that you can look up your doctor, you can see that they're board certified, you can see um, that they've you know, practice for X number of years, that they're published, that they're, uh, you know, that they're well regarded in that specialty. But I think that in in uh, acupuncture, for example, many people may not know how to look up somebody's credentials. So you mentioned that they could have a master's degree or even a doctorate mm-hmm. um, and then be certified and places need to be accredited. Yes. And every state in the union has said accreditation? So, yes. For example, the state of Connecticut has, um, you know, a rigorous system to make sure that, you know, you've completed the appropriate tests and, you know, you get a a license just like a a doctor would. So it's very um, official. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a short break for a medical minute. But hopefully you'll stay tuned to learn more information about acupuncture for cancer patients with my guest, Dr. Olympia Drescher. Support for Yale Cancer Answers is provided by AstraZeneca, a science-led biopharmaceutical company dedicated to elevating conversations about biomarker testing to improve outcomes for advanced cancer patients. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. The American Cancer Society estimates that there will be over 75,000 new cases of melanoma in the U.S. this year, with over 1,000 of these patients living in Connecticut. While melanoma accounts for only about 4% of skin cancer cases, it causes the most skin cancer deaths. When detected early, however, melanoma is easily treated and highly curable. 
Clinical trials are currently underway at federally designated comprehensive cancer centers, such as Yale Cancer Center and its Milo Cancer Hospital, to test innovative new treatments for melanoma. The goal of the Specialized Programs of Research Excellence in Skin Cancer, or SPORE grant, is to better understand the biology of skin cancer, with a focus on discovering targets that will lead to improved diagnosis and treatment. This has been a Medical Minute brought to you as a public service by Yale Cancer Center and Smilo Cancer Hospital at Yale New Haven. More information is available at YaleCancerCenter.org. This is Dr. Anise Chagpar, and I'm joined tonight by my guest, Dr. Olympia Drescher. We're talking about acupuncture for cancer patients, and this is a topic that, for so many of you, it's really of interest because... A, nobody wants to go through a diagnosis of cancer. B, nobody wants the side effects. And C, nobody really wants the drugs for the side effects that are caused by the treatment for the cancer. And so many people are starting to look at other alternative or complementary therapies that may be beneficial. And acupuncture is one of them. So before the break, Olympia, you and I were talking a little bit about how exactly acupuncture works. And we were talking about these long, thin needles um, that you use um, to help you to alleviate symptoms. But maybe you can talk a little bit about what you do when people really don't want the needles. Um, you know, I, for one, uh, am not a big fan of needles, even though I am a surgeon. I'd much rather be on this side of the knife than on the other. Um, and the same goes for a needle. So tell us a little bit about acupressure. Is that, is that a thing for, like acupuncture without the needle? Yes. So acupressure is basically using your thumb or finger to stimulate or massage a certain point. A lot of times I have patients who initially, you know, we do maybe some acupressure and then they kind of graduate into doing the acupuncture once they realize also that they feel so much better. But I have to say that even though you might be scared, you'd be surprised that a lot of a lot of people who who think they're actually scared once they get a treatment they're not that scared but acupressure would be massaging the certain acupuncture points to help relieve um, stagnation so relieve stuck energy and help with muscle tension also and so is it less effective than acupuncture or is it equally effective I think it's um, equally effective as long as you do it for about five minutes per point. Um, you know, when you have the needles in instead of the acupressure, it's, um, you know, constant stimulation as long as the needles are in. And so it's a little bit of a different um, approach, but it still is very effective. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about acupressure and acupuncture. It sounds like these are both targeting the same points mm -hmm. um, in order to unstick this energy. Is that pretty much it? Right. To help with flow, to relieve muscle tension. Mm -hmm. And so we talked a little bit uh, before the break about a variety of symptoms. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about where these points are and how exactly this treatment works for various symptoms that cancer patients might face. So one of the most common things that cancer patients have on occasion is nausea. 
So what do you do for that? So in for nausea, a lot of times it's about you know, the treatments that they're receiving. So they may have chemotherapy or radiotherapy. And for, for nausea, there is a very um, simple point. It's about two finger breaths above your wrist on the inside of your hand. And they actually sell also, you know, bracelets that actually apply pressure to this acupuncture point to help relieve nausea, not only for for cancer patients, but it can also be helpful for p- people who are pregnant. Hmm. All right. Um, what about for diarrhea? So di- diarrhea, um, a lot of times, is an imbalance in the stomach spleen meridian, which um, a lot of times you can do points on your lower leg, like stomach 36, which is uh, ab- about two two finger breaths down from your your knee. Um, I don't want to really get into, I mean, I don't think, I, it would be easier for me to show you, but since, you know, we're on a radio show right now, um, <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to explain. Okay. But so, the, the, there are also points on the belly, which can also help to relieve some of that diarrhea. Okay. And so with various symptoms, um, you'll do various things in various parts of the body. So um, needle insertion into the specific points, yes. Okay. Um, And so how do you help patients with anxiety and that kind of thing? So anxiety is a little little bit different for everybody. Um, A lot of times anxiety can stem from the diagnosis of cancer, and it involves um, a lot of, uh, you know, thinking about the disease and thinking about, you know, what's going to happen in terms of, you know, treatment. But there is a simple point on in the in between your eyebrows, which helps to relax the mind and helps to de-stress, um, and there are points on the ears that help with with relaxation, and um, a lot of also, you know, improving sleep can also help with anxiety. As you know, a lot of times cancer patients, they they can't sleep. You know? And so, how do you help to improve that? Is it still the needles? In those same points? In those specific points, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so so when patients come to see you, you'll ask them about their symptoms, and then you will apply these needles to various points. Are there other things that you can do that can help them? So uh, I can also do something called moxa. Moxa is a Chinese herb called mugwort that you can actually use to heat the needle. And uh, very popular recently is cupping. So cupping helps to relax muscles and relax the tension in the muscles. And um, those are also modalities. There's also electroacupuncture, which involves um, electric current that you know you attach to the needles and help to move uh, move pain. Yeah. Okay. And so. Um so how do you decide uh, which of these many modalities you're going to use on a particular patient? A lot of times it depends on the patient, you know, what they're um, open to trying. A lot of times people who are sensitive uh, to smells do, do not like moxa, but it can be very beneficial, especially if, 
you know, they're having pain, you know, related to the cancer and maybe the joint is very cold, it, it helps to heat up the area, kind of like with heat therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so acupuncture is one of a whole series of kind of complementary uh, or what some people will call alternative therapies. Um, do you do you practice other alternative therapies, and can you tell us more about those? So I am a naturopathic doctor also, and I utilize a lot of different other things to help with uh, patients who are going through the the side effects of, you know, their cancer diagnosis or. Um, are working with another MD or other professionals. Um, I offer, you know, acupuncture, homeopathy. Um, I look at their diet a lot of times. You know, when it comes to, to a cancer patient, it's very important for them to have the adequate nutrition so that they don't continue to lose weight, that they maintain their weight, and you know, they get strong and healthy. Um, I also use, um, like I said, cupping, and I I believe also that you know there is a lot of t- a lot of uh, emotions that can be evolved with cancer, and so I think talking about them is very important too. Mm-hmm. So tell us, you know, it sounds to me like uh, many of these therapies all are. Um, synergistic. So, for example, if you have a patient that comes in and is complaining of diarrhea or constipation or nausea, oftentimes, um, you know, a nutritionist uh, uh, or somebody who is a naturopath or uh, can talk to them about their diet and things that they can do uh, in terms of both food preparation as well as foods to avoid or not avoid, that can help them with that. Yeah. Um, and so, whereas acupuncture also helps with that. So how do you use these in concert or do you kind of use them in sequence, one after the other, seeing if one thing works or the other thing works, or do you kind of do everything all together or how does that work? And how do you network with a, a patient's healthcare team in terms of their nutritionist, their oncologist, their... Uh, radiation therapist, etc. So a lot of times, you know, I I think um, to be able to give the the person the best chance and the best support, I think it is truly important to talk about the diet because, um, especially when doing acupuncture, also you can definitely talk talk about them at the same time, and the person can start making the ch- changes right away. Um, in terms of communicating. <clears throat> Sorry. In terms of communicating with their oncologists, I always um, tell my patients that there there needs to be open communication because I think it is just as important for their medical providers um, to have that close communication so that there is no um, question or no nobody hiding anything in terms of you know giving that person the best care. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that it's really important for our listeners to remember that, you know, 
many times your healthcare team will have no problems with you seeing a naturopath, with you taking various vitamins. It's really important, however, that you keep the lines of communication open so that your oncologist knows what you're taking and um, can advise you on things that um, may have drug interactions with uh, various chemotherapy regimens, etc. So make sure that uh, if you're pursuing alternative therapies, that it's not just alternative, it's complementary, right? Exactly. Um, because I think that a lot of patients, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but some patients um, may want to disavow themselves of um quote, traditional medicine or Western medicine and really see if things like acupuncture, homeopathy, cleanses, etc., can rid them of their cancer. How do you feel about that? So I definitely, since I have my background also as an MD, I feel that, you know, seeing your oncologist is super important and can allow you to, you know, take care of the issues, the, the cancer, and get the support that you need. Um, in the state of Connecticut, acupuncturists at this moment can't really order labs. So I think in terms of cancer and monitoring your health, it's very important. So I would definitely seek out someone who can can help you in that way. But I, I definitely think that there needs to be communication. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in the best interest of the patient. But in terms of, you know, acupuncture, because it does not involve drugs, I I would love for, for a lot more doctors to recommend it and to be open about it. Dr. Olympia Drescher is a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist. If you have questions, the address is canceranswers at yale.edu, and past editions of the program are available in audio and written form at yalecancercenter.org. I'm Bruce Barber, reminding you to tune in each week to learn more about the fight against cancer here on WNPR, Connecticut's public media source for news and ideas.